Hey guys, this is Christina with TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. Uh, this is episode 152-ish. You guys can go check out our Patreon, which also has a lot of great content. Um, a couple of recent interviews that we did. Um, but I'm talking with Aaron Tillman today, the dating advice girl, about the Aziz Ansari, um, I don't know, scandal? Is that what we want to call it? Uh, you know, it came out on babe.com and and a lot of people are questioning if it clouds the Me Too movement because it's not exactly um, a power dynamic where someone worked for him and he took advantage of it. So anyway, I think Aaron and I are going to unpack that. I've had lots of, you know, loud conversations about it in living rooms with friends. I know Aaron has as well. And, um, and I wanted to hop on it because it's a really interesting gray area that I think most people are confused about. Um, Aaron's working on a book about consent. So um, I actually read a comment she wrote in one of the, in a friend's post on Facebook and it was really on point. So I was excited to meet with you and talk with you. So thank you for joining us. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, not happy that we're talking about the subject, but I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, did I leave this out? I was, I was saying because sex is never just about sex. That's our slogan. And, uh, and it's always, I like to talk about these things because they are relevant to everyone having a good time with sex, which is, you know, all that I really want. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think that's all we all kind of want, whatever our sexual choices are, you know, and that's what sucks about all of this, this conversation around me too and consent. I feel like there's some of the naysayers, I feel like they're like, what was it, Catherine Deneuve, the French actress? And it was like, well, we, like, you know, it's puritanical, all these women. And I'm like, listen, like, I like being sexual. I like flirting. I like making out and all these things, but I want it to be done safely. And I think that's the point. The point is that it should be consensual. It should be safe. No one should feel forced or, you know, no, we shouldn't be forcing anyone that's a maybe or I don't know. I think they were kind of into it. Or again, the opposite end, which is full on assault. Like no one should have to deal with that. And I think in a perfect world, if it was consensual and there's communication, like a lot of us would be engaging. And I'm, I'm leaving out if someone is asexual and those kind of things too. But generally speaking, a lot of us do want to have fun safe, consensual sexual experiences, you know? Yeah, I, I, w- I want to add to the Catherine Deneuve article because a friend sent oh. it to me as well. And it the title is a bit of a trigger. So I feel like they made it a bit sensationalized. I, I agree that it was... <laughs> you know, you want to roll your eyes in a way because her career is built on her, on her beauty. And I think she is very talented, uh, as well, but, but kind of what she's famous for is her allure. Uh, I will say this. I do feel that our culture has a puritanical problem. And I do think that what's happening is it's sort of like this Me Too movement's getting all this, like basically everything's getting thrown into a blender and like hit grind and everyone's like, yeah, but that's not the same. And this, that, and like, no one knows what they're even talking about anymore. And I want to articulate that. Yeah. I, in my opinion, a lot of the problems we're having around sexuality and consent and people feeling violated is rooted. If you go far enough back to this puritanical approach to sex, which is we don't talk about it. We don't educate you about it. You don't get to learn your bodies in middle school or at any point. So really we've got adults running around that are in an adolescent mindset yeah, and, and they don't know how to even touch bodies. I know I've, I've mentioned this on my shows, but it's been revelational for me doing cuddle work and, and doing a cuddle practice, cuddle groups. Um, it's it is like a cure-all in a way of like nervous habits and anxiety and it's like because people aren't 
having enough touch in their lives, but they're also not being taught how to touch and how to give pleasure. And so often I encounter sort of like clumsy touching in a way that's like, the secret is really just to be interested in the other person's body and to touch it thoughtfully. And then that creates pleasure in the other person. Anyway, I'm digressing a little, but no, back no, to... I have so many things to add to all of that. It was so great. All the things. You made like eight different points and they're all amazing. <laughs> but yeah, what's really interesting to me about it is that, you know, it's it's... You're right. I think we do live in a puritanical society, especially here in the U.S. And I think that's unfortunate. There's so much shame around sex and sexuality, but then you have... And a, no offense to porn. I think it's great, but we use that as our education. And right. it's such and it's, a problem. Sorry. And it's it's supposed to be entertainment. And I always say that to people. I'm like, it's entertainment, not your education. Right. And so where do you learn um, really social dynamics in terms of like human interaction? Where do you learn that? We assume that you learn it maybe through your parents or, you know, in school or something. There's no class on it, obviously. But I guess we assume that you learn it just, be, you know, being around friends and, and and classmates, but you don't learn it. And if you, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, and because there's a lot of people who, I actually think it's really interesting to listen to everyone's perspective, because what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of people over a certain age, there seems to be a, a somewhat of a generational thing here with this conversation. Um, but not not only, but um, let's say over the age of 40, maybe 35 to 40, who were like, but you know, who are these women and they, why weren't they like exiting themselves from these situations? So I think that part of it's like a twofold conversation. I feel like one is, are we learning about boundaries? And if we aren't, then who is teaching consent education? That's where my book comes in, my upcoming consent book. And, you know, colleagues of mine who teach workshops on these kind of things and different, you know, communities and all, all lifestyle communities, actually, cuddle communities, all these different communities that actually teach these things very well. Um, but the other part of it is, you know, I grew up around some really amazingly strong women who were always teaching me, and this is going to be possibly controversial, um, always, always teaching me to like stick up for myself. If something feels uncomfortable, get out of a situation, like, you know, all those things. Now, I've had things done to me. I've not been raped, but I've had, you know, definite inappropriate touching happen to me. Um, and sorry, I just like, anyway, <laughs> and, and for me, and for me, it's, it's, I've had a lot of people say, well, why didn't these girls just scream and leave? And what? Like, and I'm like, not everyone learns that. And it's, I think it's really, really naive to think that every woman in particular, but just every human being has learned how to have this level of confidence to literally say to someone in their face after making out or after a kiss or after a hug or maybe not after any contact and to say, this is uncomfortable for me you know, I'm going to leave. I mean, there's a whole thing around like people pleasing with this conversation. There's a lot of things around like, you know, if someone's experienced violence in the past. I mean, there's if some people don't have, I said this in part of my Kickstarter, some people don't have a voice to use. What if someone physically does not have a voice, like literally has a speech impairment or something like that? It's like, we're, we're assuming that it's level playing field for everyone and it's not. And so for me, and I'm going to wrap this up because I get really long winded, but for me, there is a massive learning curve with all of this. And we're literally in the middle of an evolution right now, the evolution of 
consent boundaries, human interaction. We are in the midst of it right now in 2018. And it's kind of amazing. Like we're all a part of this conversation right now. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I was like, ooh, goosebumps. Uh, it's totally that. It's, um, I, okay, wait, to regroup my thought. <laughs> no, because I got excited. Uh, you I know, know, me too, so many things. For me, I, I also grew up being taught, use your voice. You don't want to be here, hit eject. You know, like, no. I mean, I have, and I've told these stories on the show, like, you know, funny moments of like literally gripping a guy with my legs, being like, stop, stop. We're stopping now. We're stopping because I'm not, this isn't good. <laughs> and, but I have to say that something that prompted me to even create this show was the feeling that I didn't always use my voice when I needed to, and I didn't always know how to approach something. And furthermore, and I think this speaks to the Aziz Ansari incident, um, what about when you want to negotiate something? You want to make something work. You don't want to hit eject. You don't want to punch him in the nuts and run. You, you know, and a lot of you, I think this is getting left out of the conver- a lot of the conversations I've been having. Uh, um, I feel like I want to backtrack a little bit. So with Aziz Ansari, everyone who's listening, if you haven't read the story, I'm guessing you've either Googled it because I didn't provide much of an intro or, uh, or talking about it now. Basically, he went on a date with this young woman. Um, she was 23 and they met at a party and connected and then they texted a little bit, went on the date. She came out publicly after he went to the Golden Globes wearing a Time's Up pin uh, and was so offended by her, his treatment of her that she spoke publicly. Um, and, and to me, it sounds like a, a coercion situation of not checking in and continuing to pressure her in a sexual way. Um, so the part that I think is getting left out in the conversation is, um, when someone goes on a date, they have expectations. They both do. It seems like he and she came to it with expectations. He wanted to have sex. Uh, I think she thought she was going on a nice date with a guy she really liked. Um, celebrity gets brought up a lot as well where people go, yeah, but so she, you know, is she a star fucker or she was like, you know, wanted his attention. I said, well, maybe I'm sure there was an element of he's this famous guy, but that also is equated to success. And I think she met him in a very earnest way that was, you know, excited about something that they had in common. And, um, and, and Either way, when you're in that situation, you don't expect to be dehumanized. And I I keep using that word because, okay, this is a bit of a sidestep, but it's a parallel, which is um, during the Trump election... I know. I read this article <laughs> about uh, about a young man who was actually the forefront of one of the white nationalist movements. And he had started out, uh, he was very smart and he was able to like p- do a lot of PR and was like mobilizing these people and um, was staying the course until he went to college by himself and didn't tell any of his fellow students that he was actually the head of this movement and uh, kept it a secret. Then it got out. Everyone found out. Everyone ignored him and banned him like from social groups, anything like that. He was extremely isolated. A, um, a Jewish student decided to invite him to his Friday Shabbat dinner. Yes. And advised his friends who were going to be at the dinner to talk with him like a normal person and connect with him on a human to human level. And over time going to these dinners, he felt cared for and appreciated and humanized and he abandoned the movement. I think he now lives in California, but basically left the movement. Of course, now it's already its own, you know, runaway train, but he, he denounced the things that he was teaching and saw that he was wrong. 
And I bring that story up to create a parallel to the opposite that I feel happened with Aziz Ansari, which is this pattern of dehumanizing individuals. And by that, I mean like this woman comes over, I'm taking her to dinner and I, in my mind, like my goal is to fuck her or my goal is to get sex out of her. So he's, he's now atomized and separated it from the idea of I'm connecting with a person and that sex is used for connection with an individual versus a power play where I've, I feel my ego feels stroked because I was able to bed her in 30 minutes. Well, I mean, you bring up so many interesting points and you said, actually, before we started this interview, you said something about having a conversation with someone who was like, but you know, once, once, you know, the sexual start stuff starts going, like I can't stop it. Or how do you stop it? And it's like, listen, well, how do you like say, Hey babe, like how do you use your words? Like the idea that it's not sexy. Well, F that. Who cares? Because guess what? Again, it's all evolving right now. And clearly, collectively, in particular, women are not afraid of saying, hey, this thing happened to me, which in, 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 in turn should make people be more aware of their own behavior. Um, I love that you brought up, you know, you, it was really great for people who haven't read the article to, sh- to kind of display what happened with Aziz Ansari and, and the date he was on. You know, I have been a dating coach for 10 years. Um, there's so many, there can be nuances when, when you do bring up dates because it's not Weinstein. It's not a work scenario. Like you said, this specific celebrity scenario had to do more with two people in their own time having some sort of date experience that does shift things a little no one's boundary should ever be violated or pushed but it is an interesting thing that I've encountered a lot personally and coaching clients and doing workshops and all these things speaking to college students on campuses there is this expectation of oh because I've heard people say as well sorry my thoughts are all the place um I've heard people say as well well why would she go up to his apartment if she didn't want to have sex with him and my question is why is there an assumption that if you go into someone's apartment that you're going to want to have intercourse with someone I mean she might have gone up there to think like kind of what you mentioned before like she might have thought well it would be you know I kind of want to like make out with him a little bit or maybe we'll kiss a little bit you know whatever but I don't how, why should she assume, and why should he assume that, like, on the first date, that it's automatically going to be intercourse? And you know what? No judgment if that's what both people want to happen in this scenario. But the expectation of that and then the shaming of someone because they might not be interested in that is not okay. And this is where education comes back, you know? It's so important that we not assume that just because you kiss someone, I feel like I'm like literally it's what we should be teaching like teenagers. <laughs> just because you kiss someone, hug someone, kiss someone, whatever, that it's literally going to be this jump to intercourse. I don't know why that is the case. I don't know why we have these expectations. I feel like it's loaded with entitlement. I mean, the fact that it's like, well, we, you, we kiss, so you should owe me sex now. No. No one ever should feel forced or set. And now I'm going to go back real quick too. I don't think, I do feel a little bad for Aziz and Zari. And the fact that, like you said, he's kind of being lumped into this bag. Like you said, it's like a blender. Just everyone in, everyone in the pot, everyone in the pot who's even like, whatever, right? You know, Weinstein and Aziz and Zari in the same pot. That seems ridiculous. 
But there is a culture at play here. There is a certain culture at play. There needs to be a re-education of all of this stuff or an education, a learning, a teaching, because it seems like there's no, there's been no education around it. Zero things. You know, I, I said in a Facebook, I did a Facebook live video yesterday and I was saying, I said something to the effect of that, you know, when I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s and it was, you would hear no means no a lot. And that is so out of date. That is so antiquated now. No means no means nothing. Like you shouldn't have to say no. It should be an enthusiastic yes is what we should be waiting for, listening for, communicating to get to, you know? And if it's not that, like, I feel like in the article, I don't know if you remember this, but I feel like in the article, there were moments of that she said that to him, something like, I don't want to end up hating you. Like, I, I want to stop this now because I don't want to end up hating you if I do something I'm not really into later. I mean, that right there, her saying that, she didn't say no, but her saying that, again, if, if I'm not even going to keep saying Aziz's name, well, even I just did, but you know, I just feel like if anyone says that to you, audience, if anyone says, I don't know, I, I don't want to end up hating you later, I'm kind of a maybe, I'm not sure, the self-awareness part of you should click in and that should be your signal to say no and back away and say, mm, maybe things are going too fast here. This person is clearly not enthusiastic about what's happening. Maybe I should take care of myself and them and be the one that's more intelligent, not more intelligent, it's terrible to say, um, be the one who's making a better choice and being more proactive and making, making a move here that's going to make it safe for everybody. Yeah. And I also think what's interesting is like this, I guess what I would call pleasure spectrum, this idea that uh, we kissed. So now we're going to have sex. I I read the article and immediately went, oh, God, like, where's the seduction, you know, and and just this idea of, of jumping from that. I go, she's not going to orgasm, even if she did want to be having sex. Like, I've I've been in situations where I'm I am excited about the person and I do like them and I like that they came in to kiss me and then they move so fast that I can't enjoy it. And then I feel hurt mm-hmm. and disappointed and surprised as well that my expectation was something different from how they like to experience sex or how they, in my opinion, how they think they like to experience sex. Absolutely. I just want to add to that. You're so right. It's such a buzzkill. I mean, I've personally experienced it as well. I think, I think, I think most women have probably experienced some level of that. And I'm sure men have too. And by the way, I had a conversation with a gay male friend of mine and he was saying, you know, this is rampant in the gay community too, you know, which is a whole other conversation that hasn't really been had you know we it was in terms of celebrity i guess we heard a little bit with um oh my god i can't think of his name right now actor but um <laughs> i don't so even many, know so many. but but you know i mean yeah it's really interesting oh uh, kevin spacey that's the one that's the one <laughs> but it's like but it's interesting too i mean you know we keep bringing up celebrity but you know how many people who aren't celebrities are is this happening to you know i mean there's millions upon millions of us in all kinds of industries and just on dates with all kinds of people in the world. And this is the reason why if anyone's like, what, but why it's like, why me too movement? Why? It's like, because I think a lot of people have felt so silenced for so long and not had an outlet for this. And because there's no education around it, then we're like, it's, it's so like, well, there's no education. So there's no guidelines for this. So really like, were you just being too sensitive, you know, and that's done. That really is. I really feel like, again, the evolution that's happening right now, there's going to be some amazing things that come out of this. Um, my colleagues and myself and, you know, the book I'm writing now, I mean, we're really trying to like, 
maybe set some sort of standard, you know, to what it means now. What does consent mean now? What does human interaction, you being on a date with someone, what are all these things now? Like, and like you said, you know, educating people to really understand that a kiss does not mean intercourse. Yeah. It just doesn't. And there is this assumption. I do feel like you're right. There is this like underlying assumption that that's just, well, if you don't give that to me, that's what I should be entitled to. And if you don't give it to me, then you're wrong and I'm going to shame you, you know? Yeah, this is a a gray area that I've encountered a lot because I think I'm, maybe I'm somewhat stubbornly trying to change the rule book, but, um, as a woman, and I actually, we did a little mini segment for those of you who listened to it about, um, an incident with a, a very upset wife of a man who had dinner with me when he was in LA for uh, like a few days. Uh, he was an acquaintance friend. He came to town. He's like, Hey, do you want to grab dinner? I was like, Oh my God, it's nice to hear from you. Yeah. Let's catch up. Uh, and then that, turned into the assumption that I had gone to his hotel room and had sex with him. And I, yes. And then I, when I share the story, some people are on board with me. Some people go, yeah, but you had to have known something. And I go known that maybe he's attracted to me. Why is that my obligation to grapple with it? Why do I have to draw that line and say, um, no, I'm not going to have dinner with you because I believe your intentions are this, this, and this. Well, he didn't say those were his intentions. I think there should be a level or a bar where the the idea is that you communicate your intention clearly to me so that I can respond appropriately and not and let you know. I didn't send mixed signals. He sent if he if he intended something other than that, then that's a mixed signal. Um so so I bring that up to say <laughs> that I I feel that even on this date with 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 the girl and Aziz like she goes to the apartment you know oh come up for some wine that sounds really nice I would go up for a glass of wine I do often <laughs> yeah. you know just uh just that idea of like yeah I want to get to know you and have a good time and I'm gonna see your space I'm gonna connect with you like that's nice well and it's interesting because I I did get into uh, maybe in the in the Facebook post that we both were commenting on our friends uh feed you know it was interesting because someone did say like something to, along the lines of why are these girls going up to guys' apartments? Um, you know, it was the same thing, kind of the same thing that people were saying about Weinstein. What, why are these actresses going into hotel rooms? I mean, it's it's really difficult because like the assault and violation of boundaries happen everywhere. It's not just in an apartment. It's not just in a hotel. Um I would say, I mean, this is, you know, I would say if you asked me, and I've been, like I said, I've been a dating coach for 10 years. If you asked me, mm, is it like, what do you think about girls going up to like a guy, for example's um, apartment after like the first date? I would say like, okay, well just be aware of what, you know, be aware of yourself. It's always important to be, to put yourself in the best situations possible. Um, having said that anything can happen anywhere and again, yeah, but- it's nobody's, and it's nobody's, um, still so that should not entitle anybody to do anything or push your boundaries. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying in the sense that, you know, yeah, you go up to an apartment, it is a more intimate space. So being aware of that and being confident that you can use your words. I mean, I also look at the fact that, you know, something else that's not getting talked a lot about is, um, you know, she was 23. He's 34, I think. Something like this. 10 year age difference. I mean, when I look at when I was 23, 22, 21, uh, meeting people in Manhattan when I was in school there, uh, you know, 
I, I didn't know what the rule book is. I am excited to be on a date with this person. Oh, something I want to touch on is comments that came up about like, he bought her dinner. He bought her an expensive dinner. Why don't people, you know, there, there's, do you want to <laughs> comment on that? Oh my God, so many things. Uh, let me just go back really quickly and say, um, back to the hotel apartment thing. Um, you know, I want to say, Really quick with the hotel thing, just because I, that came up a lot with Weinstein, just really quickly. Mm -hmm. I've had, I think people who aren't in the entertainment industry or music industry or creative fields don't understand the concept of having a meeting in a hotel. I've had many meetings in hotels. I go to conferences and speak. Sometimes the only private space you have to meet with a colleague is in a hotel room. And that's just, kind of, like I said, most, most people in entertainment that I know have had meetings in hotel rooms that went perfectly fine. Like that's not, so again, I just, I hate when that gets brought up of like, wow, what do you expect? I hope that's part of the industry in some ways um, to meet in a space like that. Um, but going, going back, like, you know, it just, for me, it just, all of this goes back to education. You know, when I was in my early twenties, you know, I, I was a late bloomer. Like I was a virgin until I was 20. And, you know, I, so was I look at us and now look at us. I, know. <laughs> I think there's a correlation there. Some like late bloomers end up being like super outspoken later on. And, you know, like I got that. some things to say about this <laughs> <laughs> completely, but it's interesting. Cause I mean, I, you know, I think we all can remember a time when we were younger and exploring and, you know, and again, because there is a lack of education around all this stuff, none of us really know what we're doing. None of us know. I mean, I know I used to, I worked at a matchmaking agency for um, a little bit last year and there's 60 year olds who don't know what they're doing. So, so there really is a learning curve and a, it bo boils down to education and communicating with whoever, like in terms of dating, communicating with whoever you're out with. So even first date, second date, whatever, you know, I'm currently single and going out on dates. People full on know I'm a dating coach on first date. So they're like on extra like good behavior, <laughs> as you can imagine. But like, I mean, usually there is an amazing conversation, though, around, you know, OK, well, you know, like, can I kiss you goodnight? Or, um, you know, I mean, I'm very outspoken. So I'll be like, just so you know, like I'm not having sex with you tonight, like whatever. But it's a fun, jokey way, you know. Yeah. But I'm again, I, I know that I'm very confident around the subject. And so for me, it's not a big deal to bring it up. But not everyone has that level of confidence. So learning curve, education, um, it would be amazing if we could maybe teach um, more people to be more confident to use their words, you know? And again, that's not a fail safe though. Not everyone's going to be able to do that in every scenario. There's a whole thing of like, in certain scenarios, some of us freeze, you know, even though we might know what we want to say and we're like right there trying to say this thing to stop a thing from happening. It's a different thing to be in that scenario. And we had mentioned this before. One of the things that I've noticed is, um, the lack of empathy that I've seen from, other people, especially a lot of women, older women, just let's say people, right? And it's like, for me, it feels like either a lot of the people who, who are lacking empathy, even though they haven't been in a situation, just to not even be able to put themselves in a scenario where they see, oh, wow, I could see how that could be a thing that would be really hard to walk away from or get out of, um, and immediately shame the people, like... Shame the victim. It just boils down to that. So um, for me, again, it just boils down to education. We need to educate people more around the subject for sure. Yeah. And I, confidence and being more confident in expressing boundaries as well. Yeah. I, I think something that is interesting is the, the kind of backlash that I've seen 
Uh, I think there was something in the New York Times, but also just people like you're saying, uh, saying, well, this isn't as compelling as a lot of the Me Too stories. This shouldn't be, this shouldn't dilute the Me Too story and almost this panic that it's somehow invalidating us as women and we now need to fight to like preserve the voice. Like it only is worthy if I've, you know, been, I don't know, like physically, you know, like, yeah, sorry. Do you, like, do you have a bruise? Do you have it? And it's like, well, I'm interested in the overall cultural evolution, like you said, rather than saying, um, rather than continuing to categorize or qualify or judge the experience. It's like, well, I think it's safe to say there is a sliding scale and either way, what isn't being acknowledged is this idea of consent, communication, using your voice rather than making assumptions or pushing yourself on someone. Um, and when I, you're not enthusiastic, yeah. pushing yourselves on someone when someone is not an enthusiastic. Yes. And I mean, I really feel like that could solve a lot of issues. You know, if you, if you're, if you're with someone and you're like, I think they're kind of it. And again, like like going back really quickly to what your friend was saying, you know, or your the person you were talking to was saying, you know, yeah, I understand from what I've heard from guy friends, it might be a little harder for them if they are like, you know, full erection and they're like they're in the throes. But F it, are we intelligent human being, adult human beings or not? Like we're able to run companies, we're able to build amazing technology and machines, but we can't stop ourselves if someone else is maybe not on our same level in terms of like engagement sexually. Like that's insanity to me. And I feel, I do feel like that's a cop out. I feel like that's a massive excuse for just, again, trying to get what you want. And again, it's all if you're if you're really trying to share a, a moment where whether it's emotional, sexual, whatever moment with somebody else, it's how much effort does it take to check in and make sure that person is on the same page? That's all we're talking about. Well, I think you know you hit on something now that that maybe a lot of the fear um, and the resistance is what if she says no, mm-hmm. and and I think what's interesting to me is that there's actually in education, it's like, it's actually an overhaul and perspective of like what sex is. Mm. And like the idea that sex is actually like a conversation and a play between two people. And so rather than like a conquering or yeah. Yeah. And and to me, those are like larger cultural issues. And I guess that's why I brought up the dehumanizing aspect that I haven't heard others talk about, which is like, well, again, there's almost like this power structure. And I even think with celebrity, I'm sure that for him to get where he got, there are people who are pulling on him, who have expectations of him and resentments and uh, and all these things where all of a sudden then he's turning around and going into a relationship going, well, people do that to me. I mean, not sexually necessarily, but people take advantage of me. People want to do that, you know, so fine. She wants to go on a date with me. I'm going to, no, I mean, I, this is my projection of a possible <laughs> psychological issue. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we don't totally know. Like I, I've heard that Aziz is a very nice person. Like I don't want to, you know, we don't know. We don't know. But, but there, I, I think there is, there is a, again, I think it's deeper in terms of like societal things. Like, like we we're saying, you know, there's a definite culture here there's, I mean, I, had, I was watching like The View or something earlier because all the talk shows are talking about these things. And um, I think it was, I don't know, I'm not going to name names, but it was some older famous guy 
talking head guy and he was saying that like well like you know you know look at all the movies back in the day it's always like the guy like grabbing the girl and kissing her and then they he whisks her off and pull and I'm like okay I get what you're saying and you're right like films and like television have not done a good job obviously in cons- showing consensual behavior but again like we're saying about porn it's entertainment and again I think that it's up to us to really establish a separation between entertainment and actual interpersonal relationships and interactions. There is a massive difference. And so if we can really like distinguish the difference between the two, and again, further education around these things, I mean, I think that's a huge, that'll be a huge thing for the evolution of this conversation for sure. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, it's super like, like, okay, for example, 50 shades, the third 50 shades of gray is coming out in like a month. I saw the first two. I know a little bit about BDSM culture, which is also, again, for those of you who don't know, super all about consent, which is really, it was really fascinating to me when I was introduced to that world a couple of years ago. And, you know, but I'm going to, I'll probably go watch that movie just because, you know, I mean, whatever, it's not representative of what it is, but it's an entertaining trilogy, whatever. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm going to go watch it, but I'm sure there are going to be moments where I, where I'm sitting in the theater being like, uh oh, you know, like those moments of like, this is not consensual. And even in, in the, in, I'm way off topic. I'll wrap it up. Um, even in terms of BDSM culture and consent, it's not really representative necessarily about how it really is in that, in that, you know, lifestyle. But you're, I mean, it was interesting him saying, well, but that's ladies, that's what you want. That's what you want. You want a man to whisk you off your feet and kiss you and like you carry you off into the bedroom and you know what we do but we want to have a say in it and we want to be an enthusiastic yes to that and some of us might not want that at all but again communication and education yeah well I think you raise a good point too with that there are women who are saying that they want that and I have encountered that also and I get I I I think for me it comes down to like it's your choice what kind of relationships you want to have. Um, I encourage better communication because I think you'll get better results rather than kind of rolling the dice and hoping that you are able to hit the buttons for this person. Furthermore, is that the type of person you want to be in a relationship with if they're not willing to communicate or expect you to read their mind? Maybe you want to back away from that instead of feeling the pressure to respond to that, like, oh, this woman expects me to take that lead. Well, then your whole relationship is going to be like that. And maybe you guys are going to have a lot of conflict. Just a little, it's my little cherry on top. (laughs) I feel like, uh, Erin, I almost, I want to ask you like, okay, so this, you know, this came up because of the Aziz story, but I almost want like a, like, what would be the ideal version of that like in your opinion this like reinterpretation of a walkthrough of that date I love it actually I love this okay so let me like imagine in my mind okay so you know they go on a nice dinner date um I'm not gonna say his name but let's just say male person um invites female person oh would you like to come up to my apartment um and have a drink and I mean you know I'd love to possibly like like you know would you be into like like a little making out or something. Now, I know that's uncomfortable for some people to say. That makes me uncomfortable. As I'm saying it, I'm like, I get that that's definitely sort of uncomfortable for people. But again, if we're, you said ideal, right? And so 
I mean, I've been, listen, I've, side note, I've been on dates where people said that to me and it was like super sexy. Like, Actually, you're right. It would make me like nervous. I have this whole little like shy girl thing that I do. I don't know why. It's just how I become. And I would be like, oh my God, he said that. But I would probably like have my little bashful blush moment and then be like, yeah, and almost grateful that he said it. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I do want to do that. I was too shy to say it, but that's I, what I want. I, okay. So then let's, I've said, I've had someone say this to me and this would be nice too. Um, would you like to come up for a drink? Um, I'd love to kiss you. And just, I want to let you know that I don't want you to feel uncomfortable in any way. So I only want to like, if you're into like kissing cool, if you're not just please like, you know, let's just do it or not. And like, it's not a big deal. Don't feel pressure. Like I've had people say that to me before. And how comfortable did that make me feel? Really comfortable. I was like, oh my God, this person was already thinking about my comfort and safety and enjoyment of this experience. I'll, that would make me more likely to come upstairs and then you go upstairs and then, you know, you might have a, have a drink, which is an, that's a whole other conversation. I hate that I even ask, put alcohol in the mix because I actually have a chapter in my book about um, um, intoxication and consent because things get more and more blurry with that. So I'm going to I'm going to strike that from the record right. in the in this ideal scenario would you like to come up i really you know i would really love to like would you be interested in kissing me or you know maybe yeah. making out a little bit yeah and then yes okay i would yes okay and we go upstairs and then there's a little kissing and then um kissing kissing and then maybe the male person could see that the female person is all of a sudden they were into it and then all of a sudden they kind of shift a little bit in terms of like they're not really kissing them back as much or they're maybe backing away a little bit and the male person notices that stops stops the flow of blood to the nether regions and is like oh wait her behavior has changed a little bit i noticed that the intensity of our kissing has slowed are you okay or is everything okay i just want to check in and make sure you're still into this then female person says oh you know i just i just think i want to slow down things a little bit is that okay yes female person that's okay and then you know I won't go on. But, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about. You know, reading, not we had, uh, the view on the view today, they were talking about nonverbal cues. You know, there, there needs to be education around that. But really, ultimately, just checking in every so often with the person you're making out with, sitting with, holding hands with, you know, all the things, having sex with, checking in with them during the sex-like process, intercourse process, is super helpful. Because, yeah, it might be uncomfortable. Maybe it is because right now it's uncomfortable because we're not doing it. That Once we get more comfortable doing it, it's not going to be as uncomfortable, you know? And, again, I think it's so important, like, to, yeah, let's let's maybe just be a little awkward for a second to get to a place where it's more consensual and, like you said, more enjoyable and less, less likelihood for like scary slash uncomfortable incidents, you know? Yeah. What I like about your comment too, about almost just bluntly kind of saying, you know, do you want to come up to, to make out or kind of play around a little bit? There's, there's an honesty in it that, that allows me to relax because of almost what we were just talking about, which is what is the subtext of the line? Do you want to come up? Did I just commit to having sex with this person or did I just commit to making out or just a glass of wine and seeing where it goes? And all of that spinning in your head like a hamster wheel, maybe for both of you. So what if you just said, hey, do you want to come up? 
um, maybe have some tea because we just drank a lot at dinner or whatever. And like, you know, and take it from there or like, yeah, like maybe we, we do make out and, you know, if you're interested in going further, we can, but no stress. Um, you're right. It just feels foreign, but in fact, it's so simple and, and it's locking eye to eye with the person that you are excited about seeing naked or touching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where all of this is going. Hopefully is just more communication around that and getting comfortable with having those conversations. You know, that's, that's the evolution that's happening right now, you know, which is amazing. I mean, so many things are evolving at this moment, you know, gender is evolving in terms of our awareness of it and an acceptance of it, you know, consent, sexuality, uh, all these things are in a, in, a, in a very, I mean, even technology, everything's evolving at a very rapid pace. And that's really scary for a lot of people. And again, I'm sorry, just going to call it out again. There is a generational thing at play here. Things are changing very rapidly. And that's very scary for a lot of people who are used to a way things were for how for decades or centuries, you know, it's like, what now all we knew is changing. And like, what now, you know, I maybe my behavior was bad. No, I'm going to resist all of this. And it's like, no, no, maybe like, you know, I took I took I was saying earlier, I had a podcast that I ended last year and I took a good like six months or so to just listen. Like I was like, you know what I you know, I've been doing so much talking and presenting and speaking. And I hit a point in around April or May where I was like, I feel like things are changing very rapidly. And I feel like I need to just sit and listen to all these different conversations that are happening with all these different people with different genders, with different sexual orientations, with different lifestyle choices. Like, like I only know, we only know so much in our own personal experiences. And I feel like this is a really important time and a really interesting time where we could learn a whole lot if we just effing listened to what's happening. It's true. I, there's such, um, I feel like defenses coming up in so many ways where people feel like, they're being asked to change or they're being affronted. And I've even had, you know, I've had moments of discomfort myself. And then I go, yeah. And then I go, Oh, actually I don't have, I'm not, nothing's actually being asked of me other than to like be present and, and maybe then, and exercise using my words, which gives me more freedom and safety and openness. Mm. Yeah. I think our, our first instinct is to be defensive. Um, which I mean, I've, I've had situations too, where I've, I've, like you said, I mean, I've been called out for certain things or by friends or, you know, I had a really deep conversation with a friend around gender and I accept everybody, but there's a learning curve. And I mean, I, I, we all, it's okay to admit that we, you, I don't know everything about these things. It's okay to admit that. But the moment it becomes, no, that person's wrong. I, even though you have no idea about that person experience, person's experience, that person did everything wrong. Like there's such judgment and a lack of empathy around these topics. And so the last thing I will say, because I feel like I'm, I'm starting to repeat myself mm-hmm. a little bit is I just, am trying to reinforce uh, consent-based education Um And basically, it just boils down to respect, you know, self-awareness and respect to other people and their boundaries. Thank you. I wanted to just add one thing, which is, um, you know, the other thing that's interesting to me about, say, this particular incident that we were talking about or that led to us talking about today um, is, again, in my opinion, or, or a guess, right, there's there seems to be varying expectations and maybe one person did want just a sexual relationship maybe it was ongoing or maybe it was like hey I'm gonna take you out and then we're just gonna have this one-time thing and and that's all it is um 
I would like to see us even get to the point in our culture where that's okay to say. And, um, and I've even started doing that in relationships with people where I'm like, okay, well we're engaging and you're coming home and I'm, I feel like we're just having fun tonight and there's not any expectation that's going further. Or I was on a date with someone where I was really clear that I saw more in them and I liked the idea of building a life with them. And I was like, I have that expectation. So if you're going to proceed, know that I would, that, that you, you should, well, you should only proceed if that's okay with you. Um, yeah. and it's so relieving. Well, yeah, I mean, well, because I think what's interesting about that, I, I love that you do that, actually. And I think I think it is a very empowering feeling to be that honest. Um, it's also very scary. So good on you for having <laughs> having the balls to do that. Uh, but like it's, you know, it's it's crazy because, you know, you will weed out a lot of people by being that blunt, a because they're not on board with what you're proposing and or b. They're like, whoa, like this person is so direct. I'm not used to that level of direct conversation. I'm out of here. But that's great. You know, you're weeding people out. Like, I'm not going to want to, I don't want to date everybody out there. Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, that would be exhausting. And second of all, like, there's a lot of people that I would not be a good match with. So if you are that honest, the, most, the more honest and direct you are, um, you know, with with respect to the other person's feelings and things, the more honest you are, the better, the easier it's going to be for you to weed out people who are not going to be a good fit for you. And that's great, you know, and con- conversely, you're going to attract and interact more with people who are on the same page. And that's amazing. There won't be, there's so much less guesswork when you're more honest with yourself for one and with other people second. So much less guesswork. So yeah, I aspire, I think we should all aspire to that, to that level of bluntness and honesty. Oh my God. And in, and in addition to that, there's so many people, and especially, and I know this from the coaching side of what I do, there are so many people who have never been honest with themselves about what, what is actually going to make them happy, you know, in terms, you know, if they want more sex, but they feel shame around it, around it and they can't be honest about it, or, you know, if they want something that's more all lifestyle, and they can't, you know, there's so much shame around that. I mean, I've, I've had clients who, you know, like, were like finally ready to come out at age 60. And I know that that's like a hard process for everybody. I don't know personally, but, you know, I can't, I can't even imagine. But it's really, it's heartbreaking to me that we, we're, we've set this, our, ourselves up in the society that you can't really be who you are. And that you have to hide under the skies or, you know, be predatory to somebody else because there's something deep within yourself that you can't, you haven't fixed or looked into, again, the self-awareness or, you know, just trying to be a better person or the self-growth aspect of this. It's a huge part of all of this too. You know, are we able to look at ourselves, really look at ourselves in the mirror and say, is there something I'm doing that, you know, is problematic to me and to other people? You know, am I really loving myself, you know? Until you do that, you can't really be loving other people either. So, and again, that's that could be its own podcast. So, <laughs> for sure, amen to that. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for talking with us today. Uh, where can people find your stuff or keep up with you as you come out with this book? So, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So, my website is thedatingadvicegirl.com. Again, my name is Aaron Tillman, aka The Dating Advice Girl. I'm on all the social medias, I'm on Facebook. Twitter at Dating Advice GRL, Instagram at Dating Advice GRL. I'm on YouTube. The dating, just basically search the Dating Advice Girl, and you'll find all about me. And I do have a book coming out um, in the next month, hopefully. Um, 
but it's going to be coming out in the next couple months for sure. Um, and it's around consent. The working title is the Consent Guidebook. And basically everything we've been talking about, I'm going to touch on in the book. So it's all about consent education. I have um, actually have like 30 other experts who have contributed to the book as well in terms of giving uh, a consent tip or a consent aha aha moment. Because like we were talking, I mean, it's not just about me. This is bigger than just me. This is not about me. I wanted other voices in the book as well. And so again, working title is a consent guide book. We have a Kickstarter going until Monday the 22nd. Um, but at the least, keep an eye out for the book. I'm really excited about it. And there's going to be a lot of events and and things happening once the book is published. So thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for... And perfect timing because I can feel my voice about to go away. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of talking and, and uh, yeah, going around that topic. I feel like we were both... Like I said, I mean, it was, it was funny. I, I had two, like... They weren't, we weren't shouting, but everyone got very heated in a living room where, you know, where people get loud because they're excited and want everyone to hear their point. Uh, but I think that's why it's exciting, actually, that everyone's talking about what just occurred and how that story is shedding light on this gray area and forcing all of us to really articulate what those nuances are and were we heard and if not, why not? And how could we approach it better next time? So thank you to this person who actually came forward. I, I think it's positive growth anyway. Uh, so Aaron Tillman, thank you for talking with us. This is TNA Talk Sex uh, because sex isn't ever just about sex. Thanks, guys. <laughs>